Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Well, hello. Great, great, great to see you. Great to see you on this. What's it like out there now? It was very cold when I came this morning. Still cold. Feels like minus six, I heard. Maybe not now, but it was when I got up and got here. And the ice, that's what I'm looking for, ice. All over the windscreen. Anyone else have that this morning? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Love it. No, no, don't love it. Well, it's really great to see you all. Well done for staying around in Canberra on this long weekend. We, Paul and I have been away a fair bit lately. We were at C3 Salisbury in Adelaide last week. We oversee and three churches, and that was one of the churches. So they were working us very hard, trust me. <laughs> Had us doing lots and lots of things. It's always great to come home. Because we miss you when we're not here. You might not miss us, but we miss you. We absolutely do. And it's always lovely to be back. So we're finishing our distinct series today. It's been a great series, hasn't it? Yes. It's been great for about three of you. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> it has been a great series. We've had some fantastically powerful messages in this series. And our heart in this series, our heart in preaching it, is really this very great, amazing thing, is that it should be noticeable to others that we are followers of Christ. It should be noticeable. It should be noticeable in what we do, in what we say, in how we treat other people. They should look at us and go, there's something different about you. What is it about you? That's what this series is all about. If it's not noticeable, well, maybe there's something not quite working the way that it should. If we boil it all down, this series is all about the fruit of our life. What fruit are we producing? What fruit are you producing? I was going to say, hopefully not Brussels sprouts, but you know. Does anyone like Brussels sprouts? Oh, gosh. Sorry, didn't mean to offend... We were at a restaurant the other day and they gave me all these Brussels sprouts. I thought, anyway, no, don't go there. The Bible says that we can be identified by our fruit. Matthew 7, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. We can be identified by our actions, by what we do, by how we treat, by what we say. So, one of my favourite go-to scriptures in the Word of God is this, James 1.22. Don't just listen to God's Word, you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. I don't want to live a life where I am just fooling myself. Anyone else? 
where I turn up to church if it's not too cold or if, it's, if I don't have lots of other things on, where I just might flick through the Word of God occasionally, say a few prayers, but live a powerless life. That is not what the Christian life is supposed to be. Where I might say I'm this, but really there's no evidence in my life to confirm that statement where my actions don't follow my words Following Christ must change the way we live or we're only fooling ourselves. So how do we live not fooling ourselves? We, we, we don't just listen, we act. We do what the Word of God says. Because we have access to so much information, don't we? Yes, we do. 24-7 if we want. We can have more and more information. We can never switch off from it. We can have things coming at us all the time. But the information doesn't help us unless we act on it, does it? I'm not a YouTuber, my husband is. And he, he and Zach, our son, have just a couple of weeks ago finished a, building a room in our garage for Zach to live in. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? Out you go. <laughs> it's not quite like that, it's beautiful, it's really lovely. They did a great job. But there were things that Paul hadn't ever done before, and so he YouTubed it, but just YouTubing it wasn't enough. He had to actually, the room didn't get created just by him looking at YouTube. He actually had to put into practice the things that he saw. Yeah, yeah it's like that in life. So I don't want to just fill my life with information. I want, to, <laughs> I want transformation. Don't you? Transformation, I want to be different, I want to be changed. And that happens as we take the word of God and we do what it says. So, what distinctives are we looking at today? We're looking at three. We're looking at kindness, goodness, and gentleness. They're all fruits of the Spirit. You probably know that. God is kind. God is kind. He's so kind. Romans 2 verse 4 says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't, can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? I can just sit on that first sentence in that scripture for a long time. Don't you see? Because I do. How wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you. God is so kind. He is wonderfully kind, patient, and tolerant with me. I know that. I experience it every single day. Like when I mess up every single day and I go to him, he never says, well, that's it, three, five million strikes and you're out, Mel. He never said, that's it, you've, you've, you've blown it now. Never. He's so kind, he's tolerant, he's, he's patient with me. If I'm fearful about something, he says, come on, don't be afraid. It's okay, I'm with you. He's, he's patient. When I don't sort of get it first or 500th time, he's patient. I remember being um, in a meeting and... and 
the Holy Spirit just kept bringing these scriptures and, and promises. He kept promising me. He kept, and I kept thinking, that's really sweet. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But why do I need to hear that right now? But he knew that I needed to hear it because he knew what was coming up. He knew what was coming up ahead for me. And so in his kindness, he said, here, let me give you all this because you're going to need to hold on to this in the next two years. How kind is God? Kindness means being considerate. Philippians 2 says this, don't be selfish. Ouch. Don't be selfish, Mel. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest. Take an interest in others also. So don't live like, like this, life like this. Live life like this. It's a challenging scripture. Does anyone find that challenging? Yes. It encourages us to not be selfish, but to look at for other people. Consider it comes from the word to consi- word consider. That means to consider someone or something. How often do we consider the others in our world? That's my question today. Some people don't consider other people. All they consider is themselves. How it affects me. How it makes me feel. Life is all about me. And these people that live like that might say this hilarious statement. That's enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? <laughs> now, that's a joke, but, but it's sort of true. If we're living a life that is all about us. As we mature, hopefully we see that is, this is not what life is about. Jesus is our example. In that scripture I read in Philippians 2, it goes on to say, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, though he was God. He did not think of equality with God as something to hold on to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and took the humble position of a slave when he was born as a human being. Why did he do that? Because he considered us. He loved us. How often do how other people feel come into the equation? Do, they, do we consider others? Do we consider them and go, oh, who cares, and do what we want anyway? Or do we consider them and maybe change what we were going to, think, what we were going to do or what we were going to say? That's being kind. When I make coffee every morning for my husband in our proper coffee machine, you know. It's not an espresso. No. Sorry if I'm offending anyone. Put it in, turn it on, hit the buttons, out comes the coffee. We're coffee drinkers, so I'm sorry if you're not. You know, most of the time, there's more coffee in one cup than the other. Now, I know that's because I'm not an amazing barista, But I always give him the one with the most coffee in it because it tastes better. Because I'm considerate, right? But he is considerate, so all the times that I've smashed the car, (laughs) coffee, car, you know, (laughs) 
he wins. And he probably internally wants to say, woman. But he always, it's not like I do it every week, guys, and I haven't done it for years, years and years and years. But there was a period of time in our life when I did it very regularly. I didn't mean to, it's just I was in a hurry. <laughs> it's true, I was always in a hurry. And I'd you know, come and tell him, and he'd always say, honey, the most important thing is that you're okay. How considerate is that? That is so considerate. Give him a hand, he's amazing. <laughs> How about putting yourself into someone else's shoes? That's being considerate. Well, maybe they're just stressed at the moment. Maybe I'm going to cut them some slack. Job 6.14 says, Anyone who withholds kindness from a friend forsakes the fear of the Almighty. That's amazing scripture, isn't it? Okay, so kindness. Goodness. Goodness means, another, another word, a good word for goodness is integrity. Integrity, which means honest. Another meaning of that is whole and undivided. So the same all the way through. Jesus himself said, a house divided against itself won't stand. So if we are walking with integrity, there isn't a part of us that is going to cause us to fall. We're the same in public as we are in private. We're transparent. What you see is what you get. See, God created us with a conscience. And I, I have found over the years that people who lack integrity have sort of seared it, the Bible says. They've, they've blown up their conscience. They've walked right over it so many times that it, it stops speaking to them. And they've lost their boundaries. They've lost their centre. Integrity means that I'm not going to lie, cheat, or try and manipulate others to get my own way or, or use them for, for my benefit. And all relationships are built on trust. They're built on respect. And, and one of the hardest things to gain when you've lost it is trust. If we... If we have integrity, we will be trustworthy. Proverbs 10 says, He who walks in integrity walks securely. I love that scripture. Walks securely. That's a wonderful way to walk in life. People can't always do that because people without integrity might say something to one person, something else to another person, and then they forget who they've said what to and everything just gets one big mess. I worked with a, a guy who was running a church who was married with children, but he was sleeping with another person, another woman. And it just got to be this huge big mess and he used to wake up at 2 a.m. and go for a run because his life just was unraveling because he wasn't walking with integrity. Integrity means that we keep our word. Psalm 15 talks about 
How the godly people keep their promise even when it hurts. Integrity means we keep our word. That right there will make you stand out in the world. Doing what you say you will do. Being there when you say you'll be there. Integrity also brings vindication to our lives. Psalm 26 says, Vindicate me, Lord, for I have walked in integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. As we walk with integrity, we can say, we can go, God, you, you have to vindicate me in that situation. Vindicate me, God. I can trust you. Keep walking with integrity and you, you, it doesn't matter what happens. God is going to vindicate you. It might take a while. See, when you become a leader, basically what you do is you, you put a target on yourself and you say, judge me. Look at me and tell me all of the things I'm doing wrong. And people do. Not everyone does, but a fair amount of people do. And I've had people, I've had situations, and I'm sure you have too, where people have judged you, misunderstood you, assumed that you thought this, said that, believed this. Not even one bit true. Not even one bit. But then, years later... And you, you, you can't, you just got to give all that to God, really. Vindicate me, God. I can't fix it, you can. Who've come to me years later and said, I'm so sorry, I judged you. It's okay, I forgive you. Gentleness, kindness, Goodness or integrity, gentleness. Gentleness can be described as this wonderful word, humility. James 1 says this, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God for it has the power to save your soul. As followers of Christ... When we read the Word of God, the, He tells us to humbly accept what it says to us. Because we're going to read it and it's going to want to correct us. It's going to want to change the way we think about something. Has anyone found that about the Word of God? Yep. It's going to challenge us. And, and even at times it could possibly offend us. I've had people come to me and say, you've got to be kidding me. Really? You've got to be kidding me. God expects me to forgive that person? Yep. Yeah, he does. Because it's going to set you free. People get offended with the word of God. People say, oh, I'll take that. <laughs> no, I don't believe that. When it comes to giving, you've got to be kidding me. Really? Yep, really. That's what it says. See, everyone in this room today 
there would be something in the Word of God that is going to want to challenge you in some way. There's something that you're thinking about or going through or there's something. Are we going to accept the Word of God humbly because that's humility? Humbly accept the Word of God. That right there is humility. It's about letting it teach us and change us. It's about being teachable. Oh, teachable. Teachability gets us far in life. Unteachability will stunt our growth. It'll keep you right where you are. It'll keep you stuck right where you are and you won't move. If you know everything. Being... Teachable is being mature. Being unteachable is being immature. And that's not how people think. They think, if I'm mature, I know everything there is to know. The more mature I get, the more I know that I don't know. (laughs) Ask a young person for advice while they're a teenager, because that's when they know everything. Let's be open. Let's be open to new ways of thinking. Not thinking that our way is the only way because thinking that there's no other way to see something or do something than my way, it's actually foolishness. It's it's foolishness. People have something they can teach me. So many things, so many things people can teach me. And I... I want to be teach a bull. Every time we have someone come here, to in, uh, not everyone, not when we have people who have been doing what we do, and they come here, you know, pastors, leaders. Paul and I always, and I'm saying always because we do it always. What have you got to tell us? What have you seen? What are we missing? Not everyone's like that, I found. I found that over the last few weeks because we've been in situations where we've been with lots of, uh, in the greater C3 family, we've done a lot of things in the last couple of weeks. We've had lunches with couples. We had a lunch with a couple who are absolutely beautiful and open and wanting to learn one side of the table. We also had lunch with a couple who are beautiful and lovely, but they can't be taught anything because they know everything. And if they don't become teachable, they'll be exactly the same in, the ne- you know, in 10 years' time. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? But it's true. Thank you, Jackie. The other thing I love about humility is this, it attracts the grace of God. The Bible says that. Humility attracts the grace of God and I need more of God's grace. His favour, his strength. Humility is the opposite of pride. And God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. I do not want God opposing me. I need God. I need God. 
pride will keep us stuck. It will stop us. It will stop us from seeing solutions. It will stop us from asking help from others. It will keep us alone and lonely. But most importantly, the Bible says that God opposes it. Proverbs 11.2 says, Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. So humility brings wisdom to our life. So, kindness, integrity, and humility. They are distinctives of a follower of Christ. And they will help us. They will, they will get us far in life. And we have access to all of that because of the grace of God. Because God is kind. Because God is actually, obviously, He is integrity. But the other thing is He's, he's gentle. Matthew 11 says, Jesus said, I am gentle and humble. Come to me. I'm gentle and I'm humble. He's all of those things and we get them. The more we become like him. And that's what it's all about. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Father, I pray that you touch every person in this room right now. God, those who need to experience your kindness, they're just feeling out there on their own, God. They need to experience your kindness. They need to know that they can come to you. All the time, every time, they can come to you. God, I pray that you would bring your presence to touch them right now. God, for those who are caught they're caught in the integrity. They maybe know that there are things, there are things in their world that they need to deal with, the things that they need to stop things that they need help with God I ask you Lord that your grace would come right now that they would not run but they would run from but they would run to they would run to you they'd open their hearts to you God and Lord Jesus I thank you. I thank you for the gift of humility, that we would always be people who are teachable, who take your word and let it change us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you for your grace. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I, I want to give you an opportunity right now. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today. It's not about a church. It's not about turning up to church. It's about a relationship with Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus or you need to get your heart right with Him, you want to recommit your life to Him, then look, I invite you to pray this prayer with us. 
We're going to pray a prayer out loud and we want you to pray it with us. Let's do that today. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sin. Forgive me. Cleanse me. I choose to follow you today. Come into my heart. Be my Saviour and Lord. Thank you that today I'm saved. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.